0: Lord, we
1: worship you this morning. We acknowledge you for who you are. You did not gather the sons of Jacob to seek you in vain. Lord, we are sure that you have not gathered us this morning to go back the same. As we look into your word, we ask that. Let there be light. Lord, let every darkness give way. As we look into your word, let this word profit us this day. Lord, by this word, set us in motion. Bless us, Lord. Build us by your word, O Lord. And Lord, find a dwelling in us, even by the work you will have done in our lives. Thank you, Father. Bless your name for this opportunity, Lord. We ask that your spirit will take full charge and your name alone will be glorified. Blessed be your name forever, Father. In Jesus Christ's name, we have prayed. This morning, I want to appreciate the Lord for this opportunity. Again, for us to together look at the word of God. And trusting that he who speaks his word will open his word to us. Pray that the Lord will grant illumination to His Word in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Our topic today is Search the Scriptures, the Making of Sound Believers. Search the Scriptures, the Making of Sound Believers. By way of laying a foundation, as you look at the topic, and as I did, some thoughts ran through my mind to lay for its foundation before we will dwell more on learning from these Christians, known as the Berian Christians, the Jews that dwell in the land of Beria. But some of the thoughts that came to mind that will be for us a foundation for what we're going to be looking at is the fact that if we look at our topic It actually suggests that a sound believer does not just appear. A sound believer is not just born. To become a believer, it can happen at once. But to become a sound believer, there is a making. And the process of this making... Is what is our concern this morning, which is the searching of the scriptures. Now, as I thought on, on that, the first scripture that came to mind is second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen. Before we go to our text, the Bible says there that study to show thyself. Second Timothy two fifteen.
0: Second Timothy two
2: fifteen, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.
1: You know, as we talk about, or as I pondered on this topic, like I said before, the first thing that came to my mind is that a sound believer is made. He is not, not just born. He doesn't. He just. The thing does not just happen like that to become a sound believer. But being a sound believer, there is a process. There is what it takes for one to become a sound believer. And what we just read, the Bible says there that there is a studying that makes a man approve. Some versions will say, work hard to show yourself approved unto God. And from that place, I saw that a sound believer is one who is living a life that is approved unto God. And the more the person lives this life to become approved unto God, the better he becomes a sound believer. So I began to ask myself, what then is the standard? What then is the standard to measure the soundness of a person being a believer? Now in this same Second Timothy, What I came to understand from there is, the Bible says, Study to show thyself. Approve unto whom? Unto God. And what came to my mind is, can we find a man God has approved? Because our pursuit is to become a man approved unto whom? God. So if we can find one that God has approved, then we have a standard we are pursuing. And quickly it came to mind, the story of Jesus at the point of his baptism. The Bible says, when Jesus was baptized, what happened? Heaven was open. And what came forth? For me, it was a word of approval. At the mountain of transfiguration, it went further. And God said, This one, listen to him. The Bible says there that when he was baptized, heaven was open. And a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. In whom? Is that not an approver? So, we will be right to say that a sound believer is one who, the more, gets the approval Jesus got by the day. And how can that be? Becoming more like Jesus.
2: So, this morning, by way of foundation,
1: I am seeing here that if we must gain God's approval, our pursuit, will first be to become like who? Jesus. And that will make us sound believers. But how can this be? That is our concern this morning. That is the place, the burden we trust God to lay on our heart is this morning. How can this be? Now, by way of specification, our topic has actually narrowed us down to looking at searching the scriptures. So, because of that, we will now look at our point of emphasis, where we trust God to glean, to learn from the lives of these Christians. We will go to our Bible reading this morning, so that we will draw lessons. It's a Bible lesson. So, this morning, we will be dwelling on those verses of the scriptures to trust the Lord, to open unto us the process by which a sound believer is made. How can it be that I will become like this Jesus? Let's go to Acts of the Apostles. It's our main text this morning, chapter 17. We will dwell more in verses on verses ten to twelve. So let's just look at Acts of the Apostles. Chapter seventeen, verse ten
0: to twelve. Praise God. And when and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few.
1: Thank you, my brother. Now, I want us to read verse 11 from different versions. Let me say the reason why I want us to read from different versions. Uh, you know, I had always thought that that place was referring to those who just dwelled in the land of Beria. But I want us to read. I I started looking at it in different versions and I came to an understanding that I would like for us to read verse 11 in different versions. Maybe we will see the light in this. Can we look at verse 11 in different other versions? Verse 11 of Acts 17. I'm reading from Message Bible. The Jewish received Paul's message with enthusiasm and met with him daily examining the scripture,
2: to see if they supported the a lot of them became believers, including many Greek who were prominent in the community. Women and men of influence. Thank you. NIV.
1: Now the Iberian Jews were of more noble
0: character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the
2: message with great eagerness, and examining the scriptures every day to see if what
1: Paul said was true. Thank you. Now the thing I observed from looking at various versions was this, that if you look at it in some versions, it just makes it look like the people that lived in Berea. But when I saw that the, the comparison was with those in Thessalonica, I discovered that it was not really about the people staying in Berea or those in Thessalonica. There is a matter God is, will be raising in our hearts this morning from this thing I'm about to share, which is that the issue there was not really about the people in Berea or the people in Thessalonica. The issue was first about the Jews, because if you read from verse 1 that was read during the lesson, the problem Paul had in the land of Thessalonica was with who? It was with the Jews. It was not with others, because the Greeks believed him in Thessalonica. But when he came to the land of Berea, the Jews in Berea were different. But then the first issue that came to my mind from that is that in that time, if we liken them to our days, the Jews are the Christians. And what first registered in my heart is the fact that even today in the church we have Christians that can be likened to the Christians in Thessalonica, and we have those that can be likened to the Christians where yeah? in Berea. So for me, the first question I began to ask myself is, where do I fall? Do I fall on the category of the Christians that were described as those in where? Thessalonica. Or those in Berea. You know, if you just look at it as people, you might not see the import. You might not feel the import of what God is saying to us this morning. But I'm seeing from there that the issue now we are looking at is for those who have become believers. Maybe before we push it so that we will not assume everybody is a believer, the question is, are you a believer? Have you come to, I was talking with some people, and I told them, in the week that I just ended yesterday that, or a particular person that, I believe that in your walk even unto marriage, there are three convictions that will carry you through. The first is the conviction of sin. Have you come to a point of having a conviction about sin? And the second is a conviction of following Jesus. Then we can now hope that you will have a conviction of the will of God for you in marriage. I was talking with someone and I was telling her, these three convictions are principal in your telling me that you have a conviction of the will of God. Do you have a conviction of sin? Has God brought you to a point where you were convicted of sin? And I think that's the first issue this morning. Are you a believer? Let alone to be classified. You know, I just assume that the Greeks became qualified to become Jews. Because they have come to believe. They have come into the commonwealth of God. Because they believed. This morning. Have you come to the point of conviction of sin? If you have. Then the next phase is what we are looking at, which is the conviction of following Jesus. So many people just settle at the point of the conviction of sin, and they are sorry for their sins, but they do not take the step further for the making process that will make you become more like Jesus. And that is in following Him, a conviction that this is the way to follow, making Him your Lord, not just a Savior. So, in the light of that, the first challenge God is throwing at us this morning is do we belong to those of Thessalonica or Berea? Now, let's see something about these two Christians. Now, not necessarily. Now, if you look at the story by way of background, you will see that from where we were doing our lesson, you will discover that Paul went to the synagogue. And was preaching. And what was his message? Let's look at verse three of our text. Verse three. Let's see his message. What was Paul's message in Acts 17, verse 3? Praise the Lord.
0: Yes.
1: Acts 17, verse 3. Opening them up and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see that, if we summarize Paul's message, what was it? Jesus. He was presenting Jesus to them. That was the message. And by the time we get into it, we discover that that was what the church in Berea, the Jews in Berea, were trying to prove. The Bible says when we get to that, the one thing about the church or the Jews, in the land of Berea, was that they searched, they examined the scripture to find out that whether this thing Paul was saying was really true. And what was Paul saying? Jesus is Christ. Jesus is the Lord. That was the message we were trying to examine.
2: Is Jesus
1: the Lord? You know that, is what this, that was even what brought about the fight among the Jews that we were where in Thessalonica. They were claiming that this man has started telling us there is another king. There are so many of us that have made different things Lord of our lives. And so, when the message of making Jesus the king of your life comes, there is conflict. There is a conflict of uncertainty. There is a conflict of what then beholds. If I follow this Jesus, will I amount to anything in life? Will this thing work? What was the kind of conflict we saw. Where? In Thessalonica. There was seemingly, for me, a protest against the king that they have over their lives. They were not willing to accept the kingship of Jesus. That was what the church in Thessalonica, or the Christians in that land, do we belong to that category? Just trying to make a distinction or those that will go back and search the scripture. Let me quickly say that, when I saw that, you know, when I was looking at that verse, that they searched the Scriptures, you know what came to my mind was that at that time, there was no Bible. I hope we know that. Because these things they recorded are what we call the Bible today. Even what they were doing that time. I don't know that. It was called Scriptures, so they were looking for. It was not gathered in one place. They sat and went home and started looking at that thing that Moses said in the book of Exodus. How does it how, how correlate with what Paul is telling us about Jesus? Is this a proof? Is this true? Are these shadows really showing us? That was what they were searching. You no, know, it would have just looked easy. They went home and carried their Bible. And when they carried their Bible, they started proving this thing this brother is saying, is it in the Bible? For them, it was not like that. It was scriptures. The Bible says scriptures, not, not just. The whole Bible that we have, we have compiled, and in various versions, like we have read this morning, this men, for me, I began to see that they did hard work. Now, just to add one more distinction, if our time will permit, let's look at John chapter five, verse thirty-eight to forty. There's something there that will also show the distinction between the Christians, the Jews that were in Thessalonica, and those. In the land of Berea, somebody finds it. Please help us to me very quickly. Let's point at something there and praise the
0: Lord. Oh,
1: hallelujah.
0: John chapter five,
1: verse thirty-eight to forty. And now you have not His words abiding in you, for whom He has sent. Him you believed not. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of Me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now if you see that scripture, what that place is saying is that all of these people are Christians. They have Bible. They carry Bible. Permit me to say they also read Bible. Because these people be referred to here by Jesus. They read the Bible. And they are thinking that it is in some serious effort that they have eternal life. But Jesus was saying to them that it is me. It is me. You will read the scripture so much, but you are not allowing me in your life. For me, that is a description of the church in Thessalonica. Jesus there was saying that actually, if you were searching the scripture for eternal life and you are searching it correctly, what will you find? What will you find in looking for eternal life? It's Jesus. When you're not coming to Jesus, that is a clear description of the church in Thessalonica. As against the church. In Berea. And you know, the Bible says that the church in Beria did something. They went to prove it. They wanted to be sure and wanted to make Him Lord. For me, I saw proving it as, if this is true, let's run with it. So this morning, the first challenge that God has brought to us is this. Where do you fall? Now let's quickly look at, because what we want to look at is the process. So let's look at some few lessons from the church in Beria. Haven't seen the church in Thessalonica. Let's look now more closely at verse 11 that we have read. The Bible says that they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. That was just establishing a distinction of two types of believers, as it were. Now the next thing there was that, in that they received the word of God with readiness of mind. Amen. Let's pick that. They did what? Received the word of God with readiness of mind. You know, the first issue that will make us become sound believers is the condition of our minds towards the word of God. As God has brought this to us, living by every word of God, how does this sound to you? Does this sound like a fine slogan? What's your theme this year? Living by every word of God. It sounds very spiritual even. But what is your mind disposition? Let me say this very quickly that the first thing that came to my mind when I looked at this or whatever, one of the things that came to my mind when I looked at the word of God is that the word of God is God's commitment. For me The first disposition that caught my mind is, the word of God is what? God's commitment. You know, in law, when a man is arrested, they say, whatever you say now can be used against you. Now, I see that the word of God is what you can hold God by. It's His commitment. And so, and the Bible says in the book of Timothy that, Even when we were faithless, God remained faithful, for he cannot do, do what? Deny himself. It is in God's nature to be faithful to His word. So the first lesson I'm learning from the church in Berea was that they had a mind that was properly disposed to God's word, because the Bible says there that how did they receive the word of God with openness of mind? What is your mind disposition to God's word? When the word of God comes to you, what is your disposition? Especially when it comes to attack something you have held so strongly to for many years. What is your disposition? Do you quickly excuse it and say they are talking about the person sitting next to me, not me? Or there is this willingness, there is this excitement. There is this reception of the mind. For me was one thing that distinguished the Christian, the Jews in Berea from who? those in Thessalonica. And it's beginning to become a yastic for measuring ourselves to know what side we belong. Now the reason why this is important is because what they did afterwards came from this. That they went back to search the scripture was because they were properly disposed to God's word. And I want to say that in searching the scripture, in studying the word of God, what matters first is your disposition to God's word. So that we will not be like those Jesus was talking of in John chapter 5. They read you, they study the scripture, but what they are looking for is internal life but they don't want Jesus. So they have a mind disposition that says, you see, I want to do this by the grace of God." Uh, let me just mention this here. That actually, I married, I am from Kogi. My wife is from Anambra. Or I used to, I say that she was from Anambra. She's now from Kogi. Now, uh, when it was time, when I brought this to my parents, there were issues. We are going to another tribe. Now, what I want to establish by this is this. When I came to my mother particularly, I told her something. She was a little bit not receptive. And I asked her a question: if I will go to God to receive his will in marriage, will I say, God, give me a wife from your will, but this place? I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Will I have a condition and say, God, will, God, what is your will? Not from the east, to Which one is your will, but not in east? That was the question I asked her. For me, what is your mind disposition when you come to God's word? Do you have exceptions and say this part, when when it comes, don't touch this place. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. This part, no problem. You are so at ease with it. Is the word of God. Is the word of God. When it comes to blessing, is the word of God. But when it comes to correction, that the man of God is totally equipped, you say no, 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 no. You see, this thing is not that serious. This thing we are talking, it's not that serious. Do we have such a mind disposition? It is says not even about the Acts. You know, when Jesus was, after he fed the five stars, he crossed over to the other side, some people took the risk, didn't they? And followed Jesus. But Jesus, you know, they asked, ah, Jesus, you have come this far. You know, you will have expected Jesus to say, hi, so you people took this risk to follow me. But you know what Jesus said? You are following me not because you saw so miracle. You are looking for what will perish. Temporal things. Jesus said, work for those things that will last for eternity. Now, what was Jesus trying to say there? That I want to link with what we are saying this morning. Jesus did not first respond to their action. It was their intention. Their action was that they took, they made a great sacrifice to scale the river. They risked their lives. That they will meet Jesus. But when they got to Jesus, they had the wrong motive. So that many of us will not be quickly excused by saying, I search the scripture. I study, I have this day of the week. But what is your intention? What are you looking for? The church in Berea were open minded, they were willing to receive. If God would say, This, stop it today, Lord, let your way be done. Do you fall in that category? Then, even the searching of the scripture will amount to a making of a believer. It is only then that when we go to the Bible, the word of God as we search it with an openness of mind, it is at that point that what will happen? We can be made. Remember our topic is talking about what? the making of a sound believer. Amen. Let's look at another thing about this dear search, the church in Berea. The Bible says that Not just did they have an open mind. What did they do? Let's go next. They searched the scriptures daily. Let me start by saying there are two points there that came to my mind. First is this. That the openness of their mind to receive God's word led them to a search. The openness of their mind to receive God's word did what? Led them to a search. Permit me to say this way, it looks to me as if, or let me use this analogy to hit the nail, which is that if a man has an open heart, after receiving this word, he will go back and say, this thing this brother was sharing. What is it about it? It doesn't end here. And permit me to summarize what I'm trying to say about them in this respect, in this, they were not casual about the word of God. One of the major problems the church is having today is we are very casual about the word of God. It's so serious that as soon as we step out, before we leave these premises, we have all forgotten one scripture that was read. We are so casual. But these people, the openness of their mind led them to search. This openness, this disposition of mind you carry, has it led you to start looking at what is God saying about this issue? So the first thing was that they searched. The openness of heart led them to searching the scriptures. Your mind disposition doesn't lead you to search the scripture. So that when an issue arises, you know I read something last week and it said that it is not philosophy that builds, a Christ, that builds Christian lives. It is the word of God. It's the word of God. That, it's not even principles, this, this. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. For me it was even... How it became, actually, their hard disposition was beginning to be seen. They began to check this thing every day. Now, let me quickly say this, that the implication of their searching every day to me is that they made the word of God, the guard for their living. So, if a matter arises, and at that point in time, there was no one to guard them, they will go back and search, how do I live in this situation? By the word of God. This morning. Can we believe God to do this? I read something some weeks ago on the Facebook. And a man of God said, tune your heart to the word of God as you tune your heart to your alarm. And I began to think over that. You know, when it is time, it will ring. Can our heart be so tuned to the word of God that per time, it rings and gives us a mode of living? If you are sleeping and your alarm rings, it wakes you up. So if you are beginning to sleep in your situation, if the word of God is set for that situation, it will do what? It will ring. And gives you a dressing to live in. And that's one thing I saw about the church in Berea. And let's move further to see the purpose for their search. What is their purpose for their search, dear? Whether the things were so. What were these things? Whether Jesus is a Christ. Now for me, the greatest challenge that is coming to my mind is that the word of God, the Bible says that the word of God brings faith. And I will use that as we conclude. Use that to tie up the thoughts that we are sharing this morning. Which is this. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17. What do It says, Faith Come by hearing. I'm trying to link something with the word of God for the believer's life now. The link. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing, the King James Version, by the word of God. But then I am seeing a challenge in this scripture. That if a man stops at the point of hearing, faith will not come. man stops at what? The point of hearing. And that is why I try the understanding I got from that King James Version that says, faith cometh by hearing. Now, after hearing, the word of God. It looks to me that after hearing, there is something about it. And that is one thing about the church in Berea. Quickly, somebody should read for us. First John chapter 1 verse 1. We have read the scriptures here several times. We have even done a Bible study on it. But that is what I can—that's a scripture I can use to illustrate what I'm trying to say better. First John chapter
2: one, verse one. From from very first day when we were there,
1: taking it all in. We heard it. Now well, let's from there. They did what? they heard it. That is the hearing, yes,
2: with our own ear.
1: Now look at that now. The issue of faith, we are trying to drive at faith. The reason why I am saying this is, sorry my brother, the reason why I am saying this is because the issue of approval is tied to faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. We will still read a scripture about faith. But the Bible says they heard it, yes, after hearing it, saw it with our own eyes. After they heard it, they did what? They saw it. As we are reading, it, some, sometimes as we are reading, what are you doing? You are seeing what is re- reading. Yes. Verify it with our, our own head. The burial Christians, when they heard it, they didn't stop at hearing. They went back to examine, to verify these things. They went back to check. That was what the Bible talked about, the burial Christians. They didn't just hear Paul and stopped at that. And that is the point of casual, which ends there. The Bible says, after they heard it, they saw it. After they saw they looked at these things. They went to examine it. Yes. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. Oh, did you see what the billion church was doing? As they, they examined it, it appeared right. Then what did it do to them? We saw it happen. We saw it happen. And now, we are telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed. Thank you. Now do you know another version said and we touched it. And we touched it. Uh, is there any version that says we touched it? And we touched it. And we touched it. When you stop at the level of hearing and not and just seeing, if you don't take it further. To look to verify, which is this searching. Dwelling on God's word. Asking God a question, asking the Holy Spirit question, you will not touch it. Now quickly, Hebrews chapter 1, 11 verse 1 to 3. Quickly, it's a very popular scripture. The Bible says there that faith, no faith. Let's see the definition of faith.
0: Hebrews 11, 1 to to, to 3. Now, faith is the substance. Now, listen, I will follow
1: you as you are reading so that we will beat the time. Now, faith is the substance. Permit me to say it this way. The understanding God brought to my heart to help us this morning is that
2: faith is
1: the touching Remember, we are pulling our understanding from where Romans 10 17 says, Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what we are trying to establish. That how does this faith come? By hearing the word of God. It says that now faith is what? The substance. the substance. The touching. When you sit on God's word and you touch it, it becomes a substance of what you are hoping for. It becomes faith. It is not at the point of hearing. It is when you go further, looking at it, digging it, searching and dwelling on it, that there will be a touching. When we talk of touching, it means it becomes, it is tangible, touching it to hope for, yes, the evidence of things not seen. When we touch it, it becomes evidence to us, even though we are not seeing it. There is a touching we have that persuades us. Yes, continue. For by it, the elders, now listen, the, the lead to our topic is that, by it, what happened? The elders obtained a good report, sound believers. It is also by this exercise that men of old they got approval.
0: Yes, through faith we understand that faith, word, we understand something that the words were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen we are not made of things which do appear. God. Brethren, it
1: is through this faith that we can now believe the word of God. When we are
0: able to touch it,
1: to live a life. But the question I am asking us now is Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says And the just shall live by faith. Galatians 2.20 says something. Nevertheless, I have been crucified. Not I that live, but Christ that live. The life I now live. The Bible says what? I live it by faith. Faith is central to it. And it comes when you have heard the word of God and after hearing you dwell on the world. It gives you a substance. Of something to hope for. This morning, as the service was going on, a great challenge came to my heart in the light of our topic this morning. And it is, and it is. several of us are still like the church in Thessalonica. And that's the reason why it looks like we don't have a God. It looks like God's word is not true. It looks like this word cannot, it can, it's not possible. God is being let down as though He's not able, but God is able to do exceedingly. Brethren, are we getting to the point of having a substance of God's word? It is in the place of searching that we get a substance that builds the faith in us, hoping in God. And by this, men of old receive approval. Even God work by faith. morning, where do you fall? If you read verse 12 of our text, so many people came to believe. Even Jews. There is a challenge before us this morning. And I sense God is asking you and I, on what side do you belong? The Berean Christians proved that there is a God in heaven. The Jews that dwell in Berean proved it. Many of what you are working with today Have you even proven it for yourself? Or is this what somebody said? And so you can easily be moved. Somebody says something different, you can move. You don't have a substance you are holding on to. Let's bow our heads as we pray. I don't know what God has said to you, but we need to respond to God's word. What is your attitude to God's word? God has brought a very serious thing to us this year. But we just remain a thing if there is no substance for which or by which we will run in our life. This morning, can you respond to God? Can you talk to God? In response? God has spoken to you. Can you respond back to Him? Can you say, I've made you too small? I've believed in a life that you're unable to help me. Several of us are so casual. Our mind disposition is wrong. God is not pleased. This morning, I think why God brought this is because He wants to help your heart. Can you respond to Him? It is by faith, and faith is the substance of something we hope for. This morning, can you say to God, I want you to help my search of your word? It actually starts from a mind disposition. It also talks about the nobility. Can we ask that the Lord will help our lives? If you are here, you are not a Christian. This is actually about the Jews, about Christians. You will really need to make yourself qualified to come into the issue. The first conviction, the conviction of sin. Can you tell the Lord? If you are here, your own first reaction, response to God, if you are not a Christian, is to become one, to become a believer. Open your mouth and talk to the Father, asking
2: Him to bring you into His family. And many of them believed. They had a conviction of sin. They wanted to handle Jesus and touch Him. If that's your desire this morning, you want to turn from your way of life, And you want a conviction of sin with Jesus settling you in peace. You want to ask him to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior. That was what Paul was preaching. There's a conviction now that the way you are in is the way of destruction. The prophecy said so. And God says, come into the way of life. I don't want you to perish. You have that conviction. Not church. You've just been in church because it's today, Sunday. But there's that conviction now that you believe that this Jesus is your Savior and will deliver you from sin. If that's your conviction, please just raise your hand where you are. The church will pray together with you. For you who raised your hands. It's not just about being convinced of sin. You are convinced that Jesus is a Savior. And he can set you free. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. Thank you. You came to the cross. To die for my sins. Lord. I'm sorry for my life. I'm sorry for my sins. I repent. And with all my heart, I turn to you. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I make you Lord. And I accept you fully. Take me as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. We are praying for the rest of us. God has spoken to you. God said in the word of prophecy, You sang, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. What is it that you believe? Is there anything in your heart? Is there anything you have handled? Is there anything you have searched? Have you made an effort to let this word dwell in your heart? And then you can examine it, you can search it. You can ask the Holy Spirit, who is your that word, What it means to bring the life out of it. Can you speak to God this morning and say, Father, this morning, I want your word in my heart. I want to daily and eagerly and diligently search your word. I want to enter your word so that there can be something to believe. That was a question from God ever before the message in the preaching came. What is it you have that you believe? What is it in your heart? What have you examined of the word? What have you encountered? What is there in your heart from the word of God that you believe that will be settled and you can act upon and God will bring it to come to pass Can you ask God this morning Lord, I want an open heart a readiness with which your word can come clear to me and this world will become life and this world will become substance and this world will become your revealed world and this world will become the world which i live by that i may be approved before you can you pray that prayer and let the lord have his way in your life and bring his words to you again and again and give you the readiness to search the world calling to remove the city. To remove their carelessness. To remove their don't care attitude. To make you with all seriousness search the world. Get to his world. Take every issue to his world. And receive a guidance, a light. That darkness and chaos, confusion may fly away at the sight of his world. That's what you are telling God. And that's what he wants to do this morning in our house. Like the Berean Christians. God sees it. I believe it. That settles it. God sees it. I believe it. That settles it. Father, we pray. May you cause your word, the entrance of your word, the readiness to enter your word, and hold forth there. So that the Holy Spirit who wrote the word. Who gave an approval of Jesus. Will also give an approval unto us as he brings the word open. And makes it manifest and real in our lives in the name of Jesus. For everyone here. For every woman, man, young person. Lord, may your word enter. May there be an eagerness to embrace your word. May the city, may the carefree attitude. May there be an attitude that says, Lord, we we'll have it before us," Israel, and be gone in the name of Jesus. May there be a hunger to get to your word, to hear your word, to stay on your word, to receive your word, and to let your word come real every day, manifesting your life to us in the name of Jesus Christ. May your power flow forth as we walk by your word. And receive the doing of it. In Jesus name we pray.